0: I'm not often very ambitious in the kitchen, but it was one time a few years ago, I remember I tried to whip some cream. I think somebody else was actually making the dessert, but I took on the simple task of whipping some cream. And not with an electric beater or anything, or one of those fancy ones that spins really fast, but just with an ordinary whisk. If you've ever done that, you would know it takes a bit of work. So I remember just going for it and going for it and going for it, whipping this cream, my arm getting sore, and sorer and sorer. <laughs> the cream wasn't getting any thicker. In fact, it was getting thinner. <laughs> I like, this isn't working. Going the wrong way. Um, and I, I don't remember exactly, but I may have actually given up. And we might have just had runny cream with our dessert. Or I might have handed it on to somebody else who knew what they were doing. But a few days later, I remember I was chatting to my mother. And she, in her far greater experience in the kitchen, um, was able to tell me that when you're whipping cream, it actually gets thinner before it gets thicker. I was like, oh, that all makes sense. Which means I was, actually, I, was, I was getting there. I was almost there. And that's the kind of encouraging thought that if I do it again, now I'll know that if it's getting thinner, it's, it's right. I'm going in the right direction. I can push through this and I'll get to the end, hopefully. Um, but this is the kind of encouragement that we need that we get from a, a good leader, a really good leader. Because when we're going through some, some process or some task or some journey... Um, there's always going to be some part in the middle where, yeah, we, we set out with a great vision and we're keen and then we're not quite yet at the end, but it, it starts getting hard. starts getting difficult and things don't seem like they're going to work out right. There's always like some messy patch in the middle where you're not quite sure whether you're going to make it. And a good leader is one who has the right strategy to get you to the end, that knows how we're going to make it to the final goal, but a great leader is one who can hold you in that patch and inspire you and encourage you that even though it seems like everything's gone wrong, it seems like everything's failing, it seems like we're not going to make it to the end, that great leader can keep inspiring you to follow after them so that you keep on track and you get to the end, unlike I did with my cream. It's like... The image I get of this is like any good sports movie. I'm sure you've watched some sports movies in your time and there's always that point in the big final or the big match when it's, it's half-time and they're down by heaps or like there's this one last play that they need to make or their star player's just been injured and it seems like they're not going to make it, that there's no way they could possibly come out with a victory. But the coach has a plan. He has the, the, the amazing play or the thing that they need to do that's going to get them out in the end, and he gets the team around and shares with them the great plan. and They all look at each other like, what, are you serious? Is that really going to work? Can we really do it? It seems so hopeless at this point, but because he's a great leader, he's able to call them on, he's able to encourage them, and then they, they get around it, there's the rousing speech, and they get up, they do the play, they score the goal, they hit the winning runs, whatever it is, and then they win because this is what a great leader is able to do. That, that messy patch in the middle when it doesn't seem like you can make it. It seems like everything's fallen apart and that we've lost. They can lead us through that. Now, we're very blessed here at St. Benedict's because we have a great leader. Now, you know who I'm talking about, yeah? Not Father Dan. He is a great leader, but I'm talking about Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is our great leader. Jesus is our king. And this is what our feast today is all about. In fact, this is what Christianity is all about. This is what the Gospel is all about. This is what God's work in the world is all about. That from God creating the world, from Jesus coming into the world, and the whole work of redemption, the point of that is that all of creation comes under Jesus' rule. That Jesus becomes the, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is Lord over all of creation. Now, the one intriguing bit about that is that, all, that the trees and the birds and the bees um, just come into God's kingdom. That it just, it's a fact. It happens. Whereas we, human beings, get a choice of whether we want to take part in Jesus' kingdom or not. And the whole of our Christian walk is about that decision. It's about whether we take on Jesus as our king, whether we accept his leadership and follow him, And our our whole life is summed up in that, when we join in his kingdom in heaven, or we don't. But there's also so many decisions that we make along the way that are when we're deciding to follow Jesus. Every, Every action that we take in following Jesus, every time we go to prayer, every time we come to Mass, every time we do some act of charity, we follow where God is leading us, we're saying, Jesus, I want you to be my king. I want to live in your kingdom. The most important of those decisions, though, while well, we make lots and lots of decisions like that, the most important ones are when things seem to be going wrong. When things are going fine, sure, I can make Jesus my king. It's like, yeah, he's a nice guy. I'll follow him. You know, I don't exactly need much from him right now. I don't really feel like I need saving right now, but he's a nice guy. The Christians seem like good people. I'll go and hang out with them and have a cuppa. But then, when things aren't going so great, that's when this temptation comes to, to perhaps decide in the other way. That when Jesus doesn't seem to be being so great a king for us, when we don't really feel like we're being saved, then we can say, well, you know, maybe I want to vote you out and get a new guy. Or maybe, Jesus, I just need you to give me a bit of space so I can sort it out myself. I can do a better job of this. We can easily throw aside Jesus' kingship at times like that. And this is what we see in the Gospel today. We see this scene where Jesus is hanging upon the cross. And yes, it seems like his kingship isn't going so great. His whole mission at this point seems to be a failure. He's been rejected by the people. Um, he's about to die. Doesn't like I don't know how this is going to work out well. And so we see that the Jewish leaders, the soldiers who are around crucifying him, even one of the guys being crucified next to him, they start mocking him, ridiculing him. Oh, you're a saviour, are you? You're a king. Well, what are, you, what are you doing? You've saved others, you can't even save yourself. Come on, come down from the cross. They are saying, Jesus, you're not, you're not a king. We're not going to follow you. You don't, you don't even have a kingdom. How can we be a part of your kingdom? They're throwing aside... Jesus' kingship. And don't we feel like that sometimes when things have gone awry in our lives, perhaps it's some illness that's hit us, perhaps it's relationship crises or financial crises or whatever other crises you name it, perhaps it's a crisis of faith and we feel like God isn't even there for us at this time, that I, I don't feel you, Lord. Perhaps it's just that My life isn't where I thought it should be or going in the direction I wanted it to go. And then we turn to Jesus and it's like, well, are you my king or not? Are you leading me? It doesn't feel like you're saving me right now. And I don't know whether you're going to lead me through this. But we have the other decision to make at that point to still trust in him. That even though things seem to have turned sour in our lives and we don't know how this is going to turn out for the good, we can choose to trust in him and claim him as our king still. We can choose to trust that he is the king who is leading us to life. We can choose to trust that, that he is the king who is there in the midst of our darkness and our struggle. We can choose to trust that he is... He is the king who loves us such that he would do anything, give whatever cost to lead us into life, to get us to that goal at the end. And in this scene in the gospel today, there's only one person who makes that decision. Out of all the Jewish leaders and the the soldiers, the other man being crucified, they're mocking Jesus, scorning him. The other people are just standing by watching. But there's one guy, the other guy, who's being crucified next to Jesus, who claims him as his king. Despite the hopelessness of his situation, he's been condemned to death. He's about to die. Jesus is about to die. It doesn't seem like much hope for them in this situation, but he turns to Jesus and says, Remember me, when you come into your kingdom. He says, Jesus, I want you to be my king. I want to live in your kingdom. I want to follow you in your kingdom. How is it, though, that we can look at this scene, that we can look at Jesus on the cross in the seeming hopelessness of it and trust him? How is it that we can look at Jesus in the hopelessness of the situation we face and still trust him? What does Jesus do that makes him a leader that's worthy of our following him? What makes him a king who's worthy of our faithfulness? What does Jesus say to us to to actually comfort us, to encourage us and lead us through this? Well, one thing that Jesus says is blessed are the poor. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who are persecuted. He knows the heartache that we face. He knows the struggles that come against us. And okay, yes, yeah, so he knows that we're struggling, that we're suffering, but how can he say that we're blessed in that? That's because he is the one who wipes away every tear from our eyes. He is the one who lifts up the lowly, who clothes the the naked, who feeds the hungry. He's the one who who picks up us when we're down. He's the one who brings justice to us when we're oppressed, when we have wrong done to us. And so this is why when we look on the cross, we don't see it as a, a sign of hopelessness Or of defeat. This is why we can hang the cross in our churches and we come and worship before it. Because this isn't a sign for us of hopelessness and of defeat. This is a sign of victory for us. We look at Jesus hanging on the cross and we see the hope of the resurrection. We see our King who leads us even in the darkness and through the darkness. And we know that this is a sign of his love for us the love of our God who would give absolutely everything for us. Our King who loves us in a way that doesn't end in death or in defeat, but who loves us and that that leads to life. We look at the cross and know that that is the path to the resurrection. And so we're invited today to look upon Jesus hanging on the cross And we're invited of these two responses that the people there made. There were those who rejected him, who ridiculed him as saviour and king, who threw out his kingship. And there was the one person who asked Jesus to be their king. How do you respond to Jesus? Hello, Father Dan here. If this homily has been helpful, there are a few things I'd love for you to do. Firstly, subscribe to this podcast or share this episode with someone who might find it helpful and consider also helping us to expand our mission and reach out to more people by donating at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash donate, or you can click on the link in the podcast description. Thanks so much for joining us and have a blessed week.